Welcome to day 106 of Shaped by the Word. I am David. I'm here with Katie Kresge and Matt Kresge, and we're going to be with you guys all week as we make our way through the rest of 1 Thessalonians, then 2 Thessalonians, and then we'll end the week like we always do. We start a book at the end of every week. On Friday, we will be in 1 Corinthians, and so we hope you stick with us all week. We are looking forward to being with you guys and and just reading through the Word of God, discussing it. Um, again, we always kind of come to this in, in somewhat of kind of a devotional format in, in the sense of we just want to come to the Word, read it, and discuss it in community. And so we hope that you are hopefully reading along with us and, and discussing along maybe on the on the app we're using. You can discuss in community or you're just with your family kind of reading through these passages and, and discussing them. And so we hope you're finding encouragement in that. So 1 Thessalonians, kind of an interesting book. It's one of these books, Matt and I were saying this last week, we kind of don't really talk about 1 Thessalonians or 2 Thessalonians very often, but really rich books of the mm-hmm. Bible. And this one in particular was, uh, if you want to kind of get the backstory to Thessalonica, you can go to Acts 17, and this is a really kind of funny passage where it says that there were some bad characters from the marketplace. Um, they kind of created a mob, things got crazy. And so Paul had to leave. And so he was only there for about a month, it sounds like, in Thessalonica. And so he, he misses these people. He wasn't there for long, but his heart definitely went out to them. And so he's just trying to get a report. He, he knows that they kind of the whole church started kind of in the middle of a mob in a crazy scene. So there's lots of persecution. Um, there's lots of Jews and Greeks and Gentiles who are persecuting the church. And so Paul, he wants to hear how they're doing. And so he sends back. Silas and Timothy to kind of get a report and he finds out that in the midst of crazy persecution, they're doing really, really well. Yeah. Um, we don't always do so well in persecution, but this church is thriving and that's because God's grace is with them and he's persevering through them. And so we kind of pick up in the middle of the story um, where we find the kind of the account of when Paul decided to go back and kind of get a report. And so we will pick up in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, and we will also read chapter 4. But before we do turn to the Word of God, Matt, do you mind opening this up in prayer? Yeah, let's pray. Father, we are thankful for this time together in your Word. We're thankful that you have spoken to us. Uh, we praise you for for what the gift you've given us in Scripture, and the, the gift we have in, in Christ Jesus and our salvation. And, and Father, as we read, would you encourage our hearts? Would you cause our love to be like the love of the Thessalonians who, um, who deeply love you and love one another? Uh, and God, would you get glory through that? Thank you for this time together and the means to be able to, to read Scripture in community through um, podcast formats and, and various means. Um, God, would you um, continue to use it to build your church um, in this place and this time? Um, we love you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. First Thessalonians chapter 3. So when we could stand it no longer, we thought it best to be left by ourselves in Athens. We sent Timothy, who is our brother and co-worker in God's service in spreading the gospel of Christ to strengthen and encourage you in your faith so that no one would be unsettled by these trials. For you know quite well that we are destined for them. In fact, when we were with you, we kept telling you that we would be persecuted. And it turned out that way. As you well know, for this reason, when I could stand it no longer, I sent to find out about your faith. I was afraid that in some way the tempter had tempted you and that our labors might have been in vain. But Timothy has just come to us from you and has brought good news about your faith and love. 
He has told us about all the ways having pleasant memories of us. He's told us about you always having pleasant memories of us and that you long to see us just as we also long to see you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in all our distress and persecution, we were encouraged about you you because of your faith. Finally, now we really live since you are standing firm in the Lord. How can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of our God because of you? Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus clear the way for us to come to you. May the Lord make you love, may make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. May he strengthen your hearts that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of God, of our God and Father, when the Lord Jesus comes to you with all the holy ones. As for other matters, brothers and sisters, we instructed you how to live in order to please God, as in fact you are living. Now we ask you and urge you in the Lord Jesus to do this more and more, for you know what instructions we gave you by the authority of our Lord Jesus. It is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the pagans who do not know God. And in this matter, no one should wrong or take advantage of a brother or sister. The Lord will punish all those who commit such sins as we told you and warned you before. For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. Therefore, anyone who rejects this instruction does not reject a human being, but God the very God who gives his Holy Spirit. Now, about your love for one another, we do not need to write to you, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love each other. And in fact, you do all love all of God's family throughout Macedonia. Yet we urge you, brothers and sisters, do this to do this more and more, and to make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. You should mind your own business and work with your hands just as we told you so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders so that you will not be dependent on anybody. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will, not, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command and with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. And so there we get a brief recount of, of Paul sending Timothy to kind of get a report. He's a little afraid that his labors might be in vain, mm -hmm. but he hears this great report that they are doing well. And then he, when he even begins instructing them on Christian living, he even says that, 
you know, on matters of loving one another, we don't even need to write to you because they are, they're doing this so well and they've seen the example that God has given them in Christ. And so this is a lovely little passage that kind of recounts the story, but then also gives some instruction for them in, in the midst of their persecution, how to live. Mm-hmm. And so as you guys are looking at these passages, what grabs you, what stands out? I love the pastoral heart of Paul. Yeah. You know, as he's longing to see the Thessalonians, he, he knows that, you know, their faith may be wavering. We've talked about, I mean, there was mobs in the city. They've endured a lot of persecution. But I love in verse 8 of chapter 3, he says, For now we really live, since you are standing firm in the Lord. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just you see the heartbeat of Paul, you know, as he's away and he's thinking about the believers there. I love the phrase, now we really live. You know, what is it that motivates or drives Paul? It's that he would see brothers and sisters standing firm in the Lord. And even then, he knows that that in their state of standing firm, he says, so we pray, you know, may the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as it does, you know, ours does for you. And may he strengthen your heart so that you'll be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. You know, that, that their holiness may increase, that their love may increase. I mean, these are things that, that we ought to be praying for, yeah. you know, for one another. That's a prayer of a pastor right there. And yeah. I feel like it's the prayer that so many um, who are in church leadership, like should be, we should all be praying like oh, yeah. daily for our church, for the church yeah. body. It's well, so in good. the church body should be praying this for one another and for us as pastors. I mean, you know, Paul would tell Timothy to keep a close watch on your life and your doctrine, you know, so that in doing so you may save yourself and save others. Mm-hmm. You know, but this is also something that, that for us, just, just every believer, you know, we should have a, a longing to see a love for God increase, a love for others increase, and, and a love for holiness, you know, an actual holiness increase. Mm-hmm. Think about, like, I just think about how relieved he must have been to get that report, you know, because oh, yeah. he said he was worried yeah. that all the work that they had done was in vain. And and I feel like if you have led a group of people and ministered to a group of people and, and kind of poured yourself out for their sake, for their faith, um, and you find out later that um, that they have that they veered from the Lord, like that is that's disheartening. It's it's hard to hear because um, because you saw you probably saw such progress in them, um, but it's so encouraging and really life giving. Um, it pours into you, into your heart, when you hear that the work that you did, the planting seeds, it's, it's sprouting, it's growing mm-hmm. because of the work that the Lord continues to do in your absence. Yeah. And you do get to see that, that kind of balance, because I love kind of the start uh, of chapter three. You know, we, we couldn't stand any longer, and so we had to get someone to you, so we send Timothy, right? And, and what's Timothy kind of sent for? He, he's a coworker who's sent to strengthen and encourage you in your faith, in the middle of these really difficult persecutions. Mm-hmm. But then even in his prayer at the end of, of chapter three, we get to see who's actually the one, right. you know, encouraging. Right. And, and it's, it's God who is strengthening their hearts. Um, and so I love getting to see, like, obviously, I mean, these men are, are, are working so hard for the sake of the church, but it's God working through them to do the, the deeper work, the work that they couldn't actually even do in their own strength. They, I mean, they could show up and, and they could be there, but unless God is, is working through them to actually encourage the people um, and strengthen their hearts, again, that would be kind of all in vain. And so I'd love getting to see the kind of symphony uh, of the people at work with God at work and Him moving through them. Mm-hmm. 100%, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, that's his, even his movement into chapter four, you know, where he says, we've instructed you on how to live in order to please God, and so we encourage you to do so more and more 
you know, the, the gospel is not something they just receive and it brings new life in the future. It begins to shape the way they live now and they're living not to please those around them, but to please God. And, you know, we, we kind of, at some point in our life, we've all asked the question, like, what is God's will for us? You know, and we kind of, it's like this mysterious thing that like we'll never really end up finding. And yet if we read Paul closely and, and maybe even just you know, take it at face value, like he tells us a lot of times what God's will is for us or aspects of this will. Yeah. You know, it's not something that's mysterious. He says, it's God's will for you that you should be sanctified. And he goes on to talk about in the ways that we're to be sanctified. You know, we should avoid sexual immorality. Each, of, each one of us should learn to control our own body in a way that is holy and honorable. And he goes on to say, for God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. You know, and, and so it is God's will for us that we would you know, live a holy life that we'd be sanctified because the Spirit is at work in us. And I love he even says it's it's the very God who gives you his Holy Spirit who is at mm-hmm. work in you, sanctifying you. Um, that is part of God's will for us is that we'd be holy people. And the church is representing Christ in their community, right? The, you mentioned that like there are people who are persecuting them. They don't want this church to exist. And so they are, God has set them apart and they are an example, ambassadors for Christ, as Paul says um, in another time. And so I love that that Paul kind of lays this out because really it's God's way of setting them apart and making them um, different, noticeably different from the people that they're living amongst. Yeah. And um, But not just different, but also um, kind of salt and light, like what Jesus says, in their, in their communities. No, you know, Matt is our student pastor in case no one knows that or in case you're just tuning in and aren't aware of what our roles are. I don't know what I do. Katie sings, Matt does students. Um, But you remember that like when you're a student and Matt probably hears it all the time, but back to what Matt was saying earlier, like, I just don't know what God's will is for my life. Like, should I be a fireman or should I, you know, be a lawyer or like, and it's like, well, those things, it matters to some extent. Mm -hmm. But here's what Paul says. He's like, like, I'm not so worried about that. Like, here's God's will. Be sanctified. Well, what's that mean? Well, avoid these things. Um, don't live like a pagan. But pursue holiness and, and pursue loving each other and serving each other. And, and when you think about that, and that's why I love how Paul speaks is, it doesn't matter where you're at, right? Like, if you're listening to this podcast and you're a stay-at-home mom or you're a CEO or you're in high school or you're like, have a job that you hate, but it pays the bills. Like wherever you find yourself on the spectrum of life, whatever you're doing, pursue holiness, mm-hmm. love, and serve people. Mm-hmm. Like that's what Paul's getting at. And these people are doing it in a difficult situation. Yeah. Like they're in this hard spot and that's what Paul's telling them. Mm-hmm. But man, that's the call of Christians, wherever they find themselves, it is to pursue holiness, love, and serve. And so I love how it boils down to like, here's Christian living, right? Mm-hmm. And he just puts in these few categories. Obviously we can expound on them a ton, but at the core, just kind of few things, and that's following the example of Jesus, right? Was holy, yeah. absolutely, sinless, and he loved and served, right? And so as his people, we should probably be known for the same, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And work hard, like he's telling them yeah. to, to work hard. And um, right, verse 12, so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders, so that you will not be dependent on anybody. And we know from his life that he was the same way. He worked hard. He wasn't idle. And of course, he's going to talk about that elsewhere. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, he's just encouraging them to like l- work as for the Lord, right? Um, and then we can't, I mean, we can't get through this. We're like out of time. But then Paul randomly goes and talks about 
people who have died, right? <laughs> yeah. It feels like out of left field, but is it? Uh, so uh, there was, you know, for, and you see it just as he's writing to the church there, you know, there was a lot of people coming in saying, you know, hey, if, if you die before the Lord comes back, you're going to be you know, left out. Mm-hmm. So in other words, you need to, to remain alive in order to get all that God has promised you in Christ Jesus. And so there was questions going on in the church, maybe even some false teaching about what would happen when the Lord comes back. You know, with those who is, who sleep, who have fallen asleep, miss out, and, and that's what Paul's doing here is to encourage them that you know, hey, there is a future eschatological, eschatological event, you know, where Jesus will come back, and when he comes back, he will get those who mm-hmm. are his, and no one's going to miss out. You know, whether you're alive or you're dead, and I mean, there's a lot of debate around this passage, right? Like, mm-hmm. what's actually going to happen? Like, mm-hmm. we can probably say there's not going to be a secret event. It seems like it's going to be a loud event. It looks you know, pretty trumpet big. Calls, voices of yeah. archangels. Like, there, it's going to be you know, this incredible event, but we can be assured that in the midst of our own suffering, we have a hope that when Jesus returns, those who are alive and those who are dead will be, you know, with him. Um, We're not going to miss out. You got to love how he closes it too. I mean, so he's letting these believers know that not even death can separate you from Jesus. And Mm -hmm. so so this is hope. So Mm -hmm. those have passed, those have died before you, we have hope because one day he'll return. I love what he says in the end. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these mm-hmm. words. And so I kind of love the whole scope of the Christian life, right? Like as you're living now and pursue holiness, love and serve. And even at death, one day you're going to be restored back to Christ and you'll be with him forever. Mm-hmm. And so in the difficult days, we, we, we lean on those things. We, we seek those things. And in those things, we find hope. And that's, I think, something we desperately need today. Mm-hmm. So, Katie, you mind uh, closing us in prayer? Father, thank you for the hope that we find um, when we go to your word and we read these passages. Um, we can find hope in the midst of suffering and persecution, and, um, and we can find encouragement, um, find encouragement from one another, find encouragement from, from you and your word. Um, as we worship you, our hearts are encouraged, Lord, and so... Thank you that not on, not even death can keep us from you. Thank you that you've made a way for us. And thank you for constantly walking with us um, day in and day out. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.